So this morning we welcome you to the next to the last um, a series, I guess you say the next to the last episode sermon um, on the names of God. Two weeks from today, I will complete one on our family Christmas morning, which will be super special. Then next year, we'll pick up with some things. But today is Elo. Everyone say Elo. Him. Say it again. Elo. Him. It means the creator God, mighty and strong. Someone say the creator God, mighty and strong. Reading from Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God, Elohim. When you have these translations, how do we get these names? When they translated them, they put God and Lord. But there's another name that goes there. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, I'm going to read a little further. Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated, someone say separated, the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. He named it day. And then God called the darkness night, and he named it night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. And Isaiah 45 and 18, for the Lord is God. Someone say, for the Lord is God. And he created the heavens and earth and put everything into place. He made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. Look at your neighbor and say, you weren't made to live in chaos. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. And I love this. I publicly proclaim bold promises. Don't you love that? publicly I publicly I call it out with bold promises he says I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner no I am the Lord and I say seek me and I will be found I'll tell you before we pray he is Elohim the mighty creator everything beautiful and good you see he created all by himself and he is still creating new days for his people can I get an amen new beginnings and new hearts he is still turning the darkness into light. Is there anything too hard for him? I say no. He is Elohim, the God of the impossible. Nothing is too big for God's power and nothing is too small for his compassionate heart. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning and I'll try to calm down. I've been up since 430, so I'm ready to rumba. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Come, Holy Spirit. It's your room, sir. King Jesus, this is your church. I pray that you would speak to my brothers and sisters by podcast, those many across the nation that listen to these sermons, and that you would speak to those in this room. Holy Spirit, bring it forth. Only you can make it stick. We love you. We welcome you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. This throne behind me is representative of El. Elohim. See, powers will come and go, but he remains on the throne. Someone say, he remains. I was born in 1961. John Kennedy was president. There has been 11 presidents serving even two terms each through the years. There has been a Gorbachev. There has been a Young Chung Young. I don't even have to say his name. Powers have come and go, but he remains on the throne. You've had bosses. You've had teachers. Jesus had Pilate, Herod, Caesar, and Nero. But guess what? Powers will come and go, but Elohim remains on the throne. Someone give him a hand clap of praise. 
The first verse of the Bible brings the impression of God's name. The name he called himself by first was Elohim, strong creator God. You know, first impressions are important. Amen. You don't go to an interview with your fuzzy bunny slippers on and your pajamas and your hair matted. Or if you're a man, I don't even want to fill in that blank. I don't know what, how you would go. But here's the deal. You want to make a good, someone say a good, first impression. God wanted to bring a good first impression, the most powerful one. So he uses his name, Elohim. I tell you, he transcends time and space. God is distinct from everything he ever created. Someone say everything. Matt, God isn't categorized with his creation. You can't compare him to a tree, a river, or a butterfly, or anything else that exists as part of his creation. For Romans 1.20, the apostle Paul said, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything Elohim made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities and his divine power. Elohim, look at your neighbor and say, Elohim, distinguishes him from everything else, even time. Everyone say time. Joel, in the beginning, God created. That means he created time. He precedes time. He, you can't create time unless you existed before it. He is eternal. Can you say amen? Paul said in Romans 11, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his paths. Who has known the mind of Elohim? Who has been his counselor? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen and amen. History is not happening to Elohim. History is unfolding in his hands. He's got it. He's got you. He is near you. He is for you. He is with you. Look at your neighbor and say, he is with you. He said, let there be light. And he separated it from darkness. This is going to go for you in a moment. Just hang with me. God called the light day. He called the heavens Hashemaya. So if you want to impress someone tomorrow in Hebrew, say the Hashemaya is glory today. And they say, what is that? That's what God called the skies. Someone say the skies. Then he created all these other things we'll get to. But he did it ex nihilo. Everyone say ex nihilo. Which means no one had to give him the materials. I mean, there's some great inventions during our time. Can I get an amen? Anyone thankful for electricity? Hallelujah. Anyone thankful for air conditioning? How about heat? Are you thankful for the automobile? You didn't have to saddle up your pony today and ride to church. Come on, somebody. And if you need to go somewhere far, you don't have to go like our forefathers and get on a ship and throw up for four months while you try to cross the Great Divide. You can get on a plane and be there in a few hours. Can I get an amen? The invention of the telephone was awesome. But then there was wireless. And then there was the refrigerator. And then there was the ice maker. So no longer people had to take the little trays. Maybe some of you are still doing this. I have an ice maker, Presley. And putting water in and praying that you don't spill it as you walk the long green mile to the refrigerator. Can I get an amen? Anyone thankful for inventions? Well, then give God a hand. Because the people he created came up with it. But there's only one word for the creator God, and it is bara. Say bara. bara. Because God didn't have to have material provided to him. 
But those that invented electricity had to have material provided. Those that invented antibiotics had to work with what was given them. Thomas Edison had to work with what was given to him. No one helped God. No one gave him the material. Bara only means for him. People can refigure. They can recalibrate. They can redesign. They can reform. Don't say, I created this song. You didn't create that song. You wrote that song. We can't create anything out of nothing. But God is ex nihilo, the only one you look it up in Latin. It means he took nothing and made it something. Someone give him a shout of praise. And that's who holds your world in his hands. Why is this important? He doesn't need any materials. He doesn't need any tangible solutions. He created a space for mankind. You realize there are 100 to 200 billion galaxies. Someone say, wow. Then there's 100 billion stars. Thank you so much, my people. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to give you context, Andromeda is the closest other galaxy to Earth, 2.2 million light years away. So to bring that down to where we live, you have a friend that lives on Andromeda, and you're going to write them, and you send it as the sp at the speed of a radio wave, which every second is seven times around the Earth. Say, that's a lot. For your friend to receive your communication, it will only take five million years. Come on, someone. Where is that letter from Rhonda Davis? It's been four million five hundred thousand years. And God said, Keep waiting, little John, I'm a daughter of God. Her letter is coming. Come on, somebody. Say, That's my God. And Genesis 1 is a literary masterpiece because it's written as a um, polemic, which is a verbal attack against the Greek mythology. It's written against them. You see, God didn't need anyone from Guardians of Galaxy, not even Groot, to create the world. Come on. He didn't need the cool music of the 70s. He didn't need, and that's found in Guardians of Galaxy, one of Pastor's favorite movies. He didn't need any of that. You see, in mythology, what would happen is the hero would wrestle the sea monster. The hero would wrestle them down to get control. No, God not only didn't, he had no, no opposing forces when he went to work. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy might try to oppose the work of Elohim in your life, but he alone is God. He is in control, and no one will stop his hand when he goes to work. Give him a shout of praise. The Bible says in Genesis verse 21 of 1, God even created the Leviathan, which reminds me, I've got to go fast, which reminds me of when I'm on manifest with Brother Perry Stone, they're recuperating from Israel this morning, and sometimes his eyes will start twitching, and I'm like, oh my God, where is he going? Because I don't know what question is. When his eyes twitch, I know he's fixing to throw me a curveball. And I remember one time I feared he would ask me about the seven-headed Leviathan found in the recesses of Revelation. And so I told Pastor Hank what I'm going to do if he asks me. I'm going to say, I could answer that, Brother Perry. But I think the whole world would rather hear what you have to say about the seven-headed <laughs> Leviathan. Come on, give God praise. Fortunately, he did not throw me that way. He would usually throw me toward the people I try to help, which I'm super good at talking about that. I'm not super good at everything. But there was no cosmic struggle. Chaos was there. The Bible says, Michael and Genesis 1, that chaos and void filled the earth. Ro, vo, ho, give me a minute. Thank you, Pastor Todd. Vohu, ta, bohu. Everyone say, vohu, ta, bohu. It means the earth was void, but God moved upon to bring, to bring order. Say, God brings order 
into chaos. Say it again. God brings order into chaos. You see, he began to speak. And listen to the way that this pinned to me this morning. God's spirit brings order by preparing the formlessness to hear the shaping word of God. That means when the word is going forth today, it's calling you into good works. It's calling you into destiny. It's speaking over you. The Bible says that the word is a hammer. It's a fire. Ecclesiastes 12 and 11 says that the words of wise are like nails constructing things. When the word of God went forth and God said, let there be light, what he was saying was, let let there be me and he called it out of himself when God brought the heavens and he divided that we'll get down in a moment he was saying let there be me you see when the word of God comes forth when you're reading it at your house you're listening to it on audible you're hearing a sermon someone speaking over your life the word of God begins to do in you what you cannot do yourself the word of God begins to form and make things happen out of the chaos the enemy's trying to put in your life and others I I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that Elohim's word are powerful and eternal. Somebody give him a praise this morning. And that word says, let there be strength in your life. Let there be joy in your life, Brother Gerald. Let there be peace, Donnie. Let there be hope, Mignon. Let there be me. That word begins to move. That word begins to shape things. Abraham and Sarah were at ground zero. The Israelites were in wilderness. Nothing happened. 430 years between the close of uh, Malachi and the Matthew. We call the, the Matthew the first book of the New Testament. We call that intermestinal, intertestinal times. And it's time when nothing, I want you to say this, nothing looked like it was happening. Look at your neighbor and say, I see nothing. You everyone say, you see that, you see that deer out there? I mean, past you today. You see that deer? I said, how do you see that far across them when we're driving down the road on the interstate? I'm used to looking for deer. And I would look and look. I said, I see nothing. He goes, keep watching, baby. You'll see it in a minute. Anyone ever told you to watch something and you see nothing? Anybody feel like some things you're believing the Lord for right now? Elohim, the creator, mighty God, that you see nothing happening? Can I get an honest amen? The meantime can be mean in between. Discouragement and disappointment try to bully us for giving up on what God is doing. Don't let that time bully you. Because if bully you, because if you had stepped out halfway on day one, well, I don't really understand what's going on here, Elohim. I don't understand. You separated that. What's that? What's that going to be? What's that going to be? Because he had only started. When you judge a process in the beginning, when you judge a process in the middle, you're going to say, I see nothing we say in our life I see nothing happening I see nothing working but I'm going to tell you if you stepped in on day 7 on Elohim you would see the entire glory of all creation there's a day 7 I heard the Holy Spirit say this morning coming to our lives there's a day 7 when everything will make sense when we see the completed picture of our lives and it will all fit together and we will say as the disciples said it is marvelous in our eyes how many would like to see a day seven come and give him a shout of praise this morning look at your neighbor and say please tell me she's going to calm down in a minute I'm racing the clock he is Elohim the creator God mighty and strong everything beautiful you see from the isles of Hawaii to the top of Mount Everest to the isles of the Atlantic Ocean islands to the top of the Swiss Alps to the desert of Mojave 
to the colorful carvings of the Grand Canyon, to the shores of Greece. Elohim made them all. The exotic birds on the isles of the tropical, down to the tropical sea, the menagerie of exotic Afri animals in Africa. He had the elephant with a long trunk. He gave the zebra his stripes. Some of y'all would have stayed up all night. I don't know if the stripes should go this way or this way. I, I, I'm just confused. And should I lift up the giraffe's neck or keep him really short and stubby? God did it all. He said, blue shall be the sky. God made the earth rotate so we would not burn up God did this all and he did it without help and that Elohim that God your God can put my life in order he can put your life in order because he is Elohim the creator the mighty the strong God someone give him another shout of praise this morning you remember those bring your dad or mom to school and they would talk about their career day and you'd go, you know, maybe you're a policeman, a paramedic, a fast food manager, a street cleaner. These are all very important. A teller, a lineman, a person that picks up trash. You don't think that's important, but you just go haul your trash off by yourself. Come on, somebody. These are very important jobs. But if you brought your dad, which is your heavenly father, Abba Daddy, because through Jesus, he's our daddy. Can you imagine every kindergartner and every third grade person dropping their mouth when they see what he does? He is Elohim. His name is bara which means nobody had to help him to create and no one has to help him to bring function into the things in your life that are not functioning the spirit of the lord hovered over the waters and when the spirit of the lord did that one a commentary says he brought into function that which was non-functioning like your motor goes out like your battery goes out you can't get it to function your appliance goes out god saw the universe without function and he brought function but I'm going to tell you today, when it says he was hovering, it means ever, never ceasing. Someone say never ceasing. Not only was a creator energizing, but he in this moment can bring new things into your life because he says in Isaiah 43, behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Can you perceive it? Anybody believing that Elohim, the creator of the heavens of the earth, can create a new day, a new hope, a new strength, a new joy for you? If so, give him a shout of praise. Continually creating. This morning, he is in control. And he will point you and I in the right direction. He will take the brokenness in our life and heal it. I want to tell you what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. God is not, someone say, God is not a God of disorder, but he is a God of peace. Say it again. He is a God of peace. Now, there's a show called Hoarders. You ever watched it? I can't bear it. Some of my friends just watch it, make them feel good, bitter about themselves, the way they clean their house. I say, hey, you go for it. But these people's lives become overwhelmed. They collect so much stuff they can't even get to the door. Then they start where they don't even leave their house. And, and it's just they, they clutter and they clutter and they clutter. And, and the rooms become unstable. The rooms become unsafe. You know, the Lord created us to walk in peace. That's chaos for a hoarder. It's also chaos when we hoard insecurities, fears, worry, unhealthy habits. And we crowd out our life with these things so people can't get into our 
space. We don't trust anyone. We don't want to help anyone. We don't want to be a part of anyone's life because we sometimes we hoard ourselves and say, I'm just afraid of being hurt. I'm afraid of doing this. I'm an introvert. I don't know how to get among people. Well, there's all kind of help for all kind of things. But the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Someone say the issues. That means don't let people pull you into their chaos. You pull them into your peace. Don't let people and don't let your own self hoard and put so many insecurity and doubt and fears and so much inside and worries that you can't accomplish what God has set you out to do. He is Elohim and he is good and he knows how to bring order back into our lives. Someone say amen and amen. The fall came, but God knew how to turn that mess into a miracle. God knew Elohim, mighty and strong, how to bring peace. I've taught a lot about the fall. I just want to walk by there. But I don't want you to misunderstand that we talk about God being a multiplier, but he's also a divider. I want you to say a divider. He divided the light from darkness, and he keeps separating you from darkness. He is that voice that says, don't go there. Don't listen to that. Don't be a part of that. Don't entertain those fears and those doubts. He wants to separate you sometimes from even people, places, and things. He made a space between the heavens and the waters and the sea and the ground and all of these wonderful things that he did. And God is often saying, you know what? I want to separate you from this because I want to make space for me. Sometimes we're so crowded in what we're worried about. We're so crowded in the things that we do. And God says, you will find no peace in that. You will find no joy in that. I want to separate that so I can bring you peace. He created mankind from the dirt. He formed Adam. And my favorite thought about God is that he is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. Everyone say all-knowing. So listen to this. As this will minister to you, as he's creating Adam, he had to see in a panoramic view. He had to see the speed of light. He already knew before he started forming him of everyone that would come. First of all, he knew Adam would fall. Then he knew everyone that would come, every Mussolini, every Stalin, every Hitler, every evil ruler, everyone that would try to damage his children. He saw them all and he continued to create man. He did not panic. He did not worry. He said, it is good. Why? He didn't stay up all night like someone who creates an atomic bomb and says, if this gets into the wrong hand is what's going to happen. No, he knew what was inside himself. The Bible says he rested in silent satisfaction for he knew that he was the light, he was the life, and that he would turn mankind around. And if he can do all of that, then he knew about you. Look at your neighbor and said, he knew about you. He knew your quirks, your imperfections, your weaknesses, your short temper. Are you talking to me, Pastor Ron? Your negative talk. Bible says he knew you before you were in your mother's womb, and he still called you, and he still chose you. But he knew what his bara, he knew the chaos in your life and the non-functioning things that he could make work. And he even, another word of create, Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are his workmanship. Everyone say workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. I want you to say created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared before us. Bara 
created in Christ things and a destiny for us to do, created for us to walk in. How do I get into that destiny, Pastor Ron? How do I know? Just walk in obedience every day of your life. It's like little toddlers when you're teaching them how to walk. They look like a disaster, don't they? I mean, they're just arms are frailing everywhere, feet are going, and the family doesn't take them down to the interstate 75 and say, here, do your best at this, buddy. Come on, see if you can go between the trucks. No, we work with them. We put coffee tables around them. We put chairs around them. I want to tell you something. You stop bullying yourself because God puts bumper guards around you. You're saying, if I walk, I'm afraid I'll fail. You may fall down like that toddler. You may think this doesn't look the way I looked, but God has still provided and he has ordained you to live in good works. Give him a hand. Your destiny. Look at your neighbor and say, your destiny, your destiny. You have to find that. I've, I've told this story so many times, um, but it just meant I was going to preach in Ireland and I stopped. And at Walmart at that time, they had a huge watch. You, you, now their watches are like on a little one shelf. But back then it was for, you know, real use of cell phones. I wanted to get a watch so I could, you know, gauge my friend Kendra and I were going to Ireland and I could gauge, um, you know, what time it was and all that. And I went up to buy the watch and the woman said, what do you want the watch for? And I said, oh, I'm going to Ireland to preach. And she said, I am so mad about that. And I said, excuse me? And she said, I'm just so mad. I'm called to preach. Why are you the one that's getting to go to Ireland? I thought, oh, we're going to have a fight here today. But I didn't. Holy Spirit just started whispering, which he's so good to me. And I said to her, and you've heard me say this, I said, huh. I just, I paused and I said, how many? I said, I can't, I can't understand it, but let me ask you, how many people come through this watch thing a day? She goes, oh my God, probably hundreds. Every day they buy watches from me. I said, I don't encounter hundreds of people every day. I said, this is your corner. This is your pulpit. You're reaching more people than I'm reaching. And yet you're despising it because it doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. Thank God that we've come out of the dark ages where we thought if you didn't stand behind a pulpit, you didn't have a ministry. That is so wrong, it's not even right. Give King Jesus a hand for that. That is so wrong, it's not even right. You have a corner where he's placed you. It's a good thing that toddler, when it starts walking, doesn't think, well, this is not what I thought it was going to look like. I thought it was going to look like this. Sometimes we just want something different. I love supernatural results on familiar ground. I hear people say, if I can just get a new job, I'm going to be on time. Well, why don't you just be on time at the job you're at right now? If I, it, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Um, if, if I got a new house, I would entertain a lot of people. Oh, are you using what you have right now? If I had a new space, if I could just go to a different city, well, you're going to go with yourself to the next city. Can I get an amen? You, you, oh, they're agging me on at the back there. Okay. Look at your name and say, she's not talking about you. It's, look at your name and say, she's not talking about you. We have to keep walking toward our destiny and say, God, where you've called me and what you've given me. Uh, Pastor Billy Burke said something to me one time that was so powerful, and I've thought about it. At that time, it was very apropos. He said, you'll step forward, and then God will say, step back. He goes, your ability to step back is more powerful than your ability to step forward. If you don't learn how to step back when it's not your moment, you can't step forward again. If you don't learn to accept that and then step back, he goes, otherwise it's going to be a ball and chain. He said, there's times that the Lord will thrust you out to do maybe preaching ministry, but he'll pull you back. 
because he cares more about who you are than what you do. We get this image. We get this thing that it's got to look like this. When God is saying, just use your corner. Look at your neighbor and say, use your corner. Jeremiah had a corner in the prison of the king. He had faith to believe God. Though many other rulers came and go in his time, he believed El. Elohim was on the throne forever. Deborah had a corner. Daniel had a corner. What is your corner? Stop trying to get to a corner you may not be ready for or it may not be time for and use the corner where you are. If you're stay-at-home mom, that's the most anointed place. I did that for eons, it feels like, years. If you're a phone, but I got two awesome daughters. If you're a phone operator, if you're an EMT, if you're a teacher, if you're a, if you're a, face, a factory worker, counselor a student take your corner and say this space was created for me just as Elohim created the planet for us to live in he created this space I'm thankful for every space he ever created I started as a waitress I was a children's pastor I was the worship leader here I was the pastor's wife and it went on and on I've worked in insurance but what I do know Every place is holy ground. If you stop saying, I wish I had another corner, this is the corner the Lord has given me. I'm going to use what I have where I am for the King's glory. I'm going to stop telling the Lord how this has to look. If he tells me to step forward, I'll step forward. But when he says get back, I'll get back because I know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house Woo. see there's someone sorry someone's lack Woo. someone's lack is become an opportunity for your gift on your corner but if you're not standing there it's not going to come to them you see it may not be convenient you may be tired and overwhelmed but ours is a kingdom of Christ of millions, yet not one of us is expendable, which means little significance. Elohim created great things for you and I to walk into, and only by walking into them on our corner and getting in our place and using what we have and stop living in an idealistic world of what this looks like. 95% of my ministry has not looked like what I thought it would look like, but he has been faithful, he has been awesome, and he has been powerful, and people have been saved and delivered in the supermarket. They have been delivered in the cleaners. I've talked to them on the street. I've ministered to them on the greenway. I went into the psych ward and saw God raise them up and nobody handed me a microphone and nobody gave me a platform. But Jesus said, this is your corner. Somebody give King Jesus praise. Give him a real shout of praise. Josh. Amen. So what I want you to say, I've got two more places to go by to end this. Lord, create an intersection for me. King Jesus, I'll say this for your people. Create great things for me to walk in. But let them be what the things that you say are great. Not what man says is great. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Create intersections where you merge my passion and my skills. I'm speaking for you, brothers and sisters. 
so I can fulfill my calling. Create my destiny and let me walk into it. Let me be effective where I am with what I have, Lord. Let me be found faithful. Paul never called himself anything but first servant. So King Jesus, we're your servants. Just lift your hand toward him right now and say that, Lord, we're your servant. We're your servant. Just lift your hand and say that we're your servant right where you are, right where you are. Hallelujah. I don't know what the Spirit is doing, but I'm trying to finish this. I'll say this to you, that he has created good works for you. Every person in this room, Chuck, as he goes and does his job, doing assessments and appraisals, he probably encounters so many more people than I ever encounter. That's why I'm very passionate about what I preach and teach to you on Sundays. God has created good works where you are. Stop saying when this happens or that happens, I get to this city that use what you have where you are and bring King Jesus glory. Elohim who created everything, and I've cut out a lot, but we'll come down to the end here. But hang with me because we, we still got a little bit to go. It's uh, 11.53. I might be able to do this in seven minutes. We'll see. Elohim is a God of justice. And sometimes people get hung up on the justice part, but he is as much a God of mercy. Everyone say mercy. Ultimately, Elohim decreed that mercy should overcome judgment. In fact, James pins those famous words we learned when we studied the book of James. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It's like mercy and judgment came into a boxing ring. And judgment is just pounding the law. And judgment is saying, you aren't, you aren't, you aren't. You're condemned, you're condemned. And mercy is hitting back with everything that she can. Just personalizing it was one of man and woman. She's hitting back. Now you're going to be mad at me because the female's going to win. And I have challenged Pastor Tim to a runoff on the Greenway, and I will beat him. Um, I've beat about every man that's come against me at the Greenway. But anyway, um, they really didn't come against me. They just tried to raise me. One man said, I have followed you for three stinking miles. Your legs are so short. How are you doing that? I just looked at him like, go your own way, brother. Um, at any rate, mercy kept hitting back. And finally, I like to see it in the Greek where James is speaking. Theos, mercy, got the final blow and mercy triumphed, which means to put down judgment. God, Elohim, is a God of mercy and judgment. But in his mercy, he makes a way where there was no way. Pastor Todd, would you come help me and take that off of the cross, please, sir? Jesus paid the debt we couldn't pay. Elohim did that. In biblical times, if you'll just hang up here with me. In biblical times, they would nail to your door the things that you owed. Maybe your mortgage. Wouldn't you hate this? <laughs> People come to see and they're like, oh, Jesus. Um, medical bills, student loans. We could have gone on and on and on. But your bill would be nailed in biblical times to your door. Right now, I guess you just find it on your credit report online. Amen. But at any rate, this. That would be pretty tough because there's been some times in my life I owed much more than I had. Anybody with me? But then also where I'm going in, in Scripture from Elohim, the Savior, maybe right your past, your sins, your failure, your pride. I can't imagine if those things were written of my secret places and yours as well on the door of our homes. The reason I say all this is 
because when someone paid their debt off, it would be nailed, which we're going to do that in a moment. This is where it comes from, Colossians 2 and 13. Listen to this. Jesus has made us alive together. God has made us alive together with Jesus, having forgiven us of all. Someone say all. Trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting against us. He wipes out the handwriting against us which was contrary to us. Contrary means to blow us in the opposite direction. These things are so overwhelming. They blow me in the opposite direction. It says he came and he took it away. In biblical times, why Paul is using this word, if Pastor Todd, would you do it for us? He's using this word because they would roll it up. Oh, you've already got it. He's so smart. He did all that for me. Give him a hand. They would roll it up, and then the debtor would write, paid in full by Jesus Christ. Are you thankful that that's what's happened to you? These things that come back against your mind, these things that wake you up in the middle of the night, sometimes the enemy doesn't play fair, and he wants to remind you of things in your past. You remind them they were paid in full. Jesus Christ canceled the requirements against us. Can you give him praise this morning? Can you give him praise? Misty, come stand with Pastor Todd. Can I have five more minutes? For the Spirit of the Lord would say unto you, son, you were given the name John on purpose and by divine preordination, and you have been a faithful man. And the Spirit of the Lord says, though things have often not looked like what you thought they would look like, the Lord has nailed everything and all things. And the Lord reminds you today that He has called you, appointed you. The season is shifting, saying the Lord, and things you're going to walk in are the things that you've dreamed for many years. It's been slow in coming, but it has not been denied, says the King of glory, but it will come. You are a faithful man, and God has seen the work of your hands and the tenderness of your heart. This is a new day and a new moment, and Holy Spirit says, get ready, get ready, get ready, because God is on the move, and it shall be evident. There's a Day seven coming, says the Spirit of the Lord, where many things are going to come in line and come into purpose, and they're going to glorify the King. But you are going to mount up with a new armor, says the Holy Spirit. You're going to mount up with a new fire. You're going to mount up with a new diligence, and you're going to do the work of the kingdom. It has always been in you, and you have always been faithful. But the Lord is going to accomplish His destiny and His purpose in the name of Jesus. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Can you, hallelujah, someone just lift your hands and worship Him. Hallelujah, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Someone just begin to worship Him. I'm going to finish. Someone just begin to say, I bless your name, Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Someone just bless his name. 
King Jesus, King Jesus, we worship you, King Jesus, we worship you, King Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As the praise and worship team gets into their place, just give me a moment, we're going to finish. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep worshiping him. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, just keep worshiping. Jesus said, Telestai, it is finished. He didn't say he was finished. He said it was finished. It's the word that you use when you make that final payment. It's the word you climb to top Mount Everest. It's the word that you say the past is behind you. It is finished. And King Jesus reminds us today, Elohim, your creator God, can still make something out of nothing. Your Elohim, your creator God, can take something that's out of order and out of function, and he can blow his Ruach, Hakodesh breath upon it, and all of a sudden resurrect it. He's working among us right now. i got to finish one point, but if he's working on your heart, go ahead and stand right where you are. In fact, let's just all stand right where you are. Just all stand right where you are. Lift your hands up to the heavens if you feel comfortable just whatever works for you just begin to honor him hallelujah hallelujah we honor you king jesus we honor you elohim creator strong and mighty god nothing is too hard for you lord nothing you created the world out of nothing bara only belongs to you you are the only one who fits that description no one had to provide you the source Lord, forgive us when we suggest how you'll fix something, how you'll do something. When, Lord God, you created everything we see out of nothing, and no one helped you but the Son and the Spirit. So, Elohim, we welcome you. We welcome you. Look up just for a moment, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, they're going to sing, I'm going to pray over you. But Elohim is seen in another powerful passage of Scripture. In Daniel 7, Daniel has a vision and it's like a split screen and the powers are, it says the powers were set in thrones and the world is raging against God, raging, kind of like now, raging. But on the other side, he said, I saw the ancient of days walk into the room, which is Elohim, and he sat down on his throne. You see, he's set down on the throne. He's called Ancient of Days because he will never grow weary. He will never grow old. Ancient doesn't mean he's ancient. It means he eclipses. He overwhelms time from before time existed. And when he dismisses it at the end of the age, he is the Ancient of Days. And it says the thrones were put into place. But I looked and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and the wheels were ablaze and a river of fire come on nobody has a throne like that was flowing coming out before him and thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands were attending and singing to his glory and worshiping the ancient of days who is full of glory and all of the sudden it said in my vision I saw one looking like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven he approached the ancient of days and was led to he who sits on the throne which was King Jesus and it said the ancient of days gave him all power and all glory and all honor and all dominion and he shall reign forever and ever give him praise one more thing my favorite thing you ever thought I just I just want someone to rule in my favor I just want someone to rule in my favor I want someone to notice me and those I love. You ever said, God, just please, 
rule in my favor. And the Bible says that the little horn, which is the work of the enemy, began to rage against the people of God and begin to hurl insults and begin to scream at the people of God. And all of the sudden, the ancient of days, when he began to speak, he said, I pronounce judgment on the enemy of your soul. And this is what he said. I rule in favor of the saints of the Most High God. I rule in favor of the church. I rule in favor of my sons and daughters. There's no favor like the favor of the Ancient of Days. Somebody give him glory. Give him glory. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Ancient of Days. Hallelujah, Elohim, strong, mighty creator. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And they're going to begin to sing. He can do it again. He's the God of the impossible. Make your way down here. Let's worship for a couple of minutes. We'll be gone. I want you to bring whatever you need him to do. Come now. Come and just stand. Come and stand, all of you, all over the church. Come on. Come on.